This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Kreuzer, or welcome. So Geraint, it is a big week in the world of sport, a particularly big week for the Welsh. Yes, the old uh, Football World Cup starting, isn't it? First time in 64 years, I think it is, is it? So 1958 in Sweden, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember where it was, Tom. But yeah, big, big. Looking forward to watching some of those matches, especially with the old rivals in the same group. Yeah, that is a huge day. Have you managed to source a Wales shirt for Max? Yeah, he's had a few, to be fair. Um, started with a baby grow, you know, and he, they grow quite quick, don't they, when they're little? Well, when they're little. So um, I'm not sure if the latest one fits him, so we might have to have a quick check because um, you have to go back to the UK for one or two things. So we're going to be around for the Wales-Australia game, last game in the autumn, internationals, rugby. And then... We'll take Max to that because I think um, George North finally pulling his finger out, doing us a favour. He's going to get Max <laughs> a ticket. So we'll take him to that. And then on the Tuesday, um, we'll hang around till then because we've got a few jobs to do in between. And then uh, England, Wales in the Football World Cup. We'll head into Cardiff to watch that, I think. Are you going to watch it in town, are you? Oh, yeah. Get in there. Soak up the atmosphere. When we score a goal, throw your beater in the air. Whee. So did you say when? Yeah. Of course, when? <laughs> when we score three. We're going to avenge that Euro defeat when you guys got lucky. In the last couple of minutes. Do you? Mm. I, I always thought that you'd be someone who preferred watching sports at home on a nice big screen at home rather than the mayhem, but I've got you wrong. Well, no, there, there's positives and negatives of it all, in it? And the fact that it's still November, it's, you know, first time Wales have been in a Football World Cup for so long, get in amongst it, have a few beers... Enjoy it, I think. Is this a final hurrah then of your off-season? Even though your on-season has technically started and you're training again, does the World Cup represent your last little dance? Oh, yeah, it does. This this last week I've started training again. Tom, it's been horrific, <laughs> really. Like, oh, so I came back out here. I got back late on Monday. Tuesday, first ride on the bike. It was kind of okay. I was suffering, sweating like a pig. Um, second day, oh, was just down like it was just got worse third day even worse big mistake was riding with other people as well that had been riding for a couple of weeks and i just got my head kicked in um that was that was horrendous thursday went back actually had two days off then went back for a funeral in uh macclesfield had one of our doctors at mnd richard usher great guy great doctor in this funeral i don't know if this is weird it is weird to say but i don't think it's bad to say but it was the best funeral I've ever been to. It was unreal. That is a good thing to say. It is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was just, I don't know, I'm not religious, so the the whole service wasn't overly religious. But it's just like, they had five or six different people go up and tell a few stories about him, a few nice things at the end when you're like, oh no, here we go, I'm going to have a tear again. And then they played a video in the church of like just yeah loads of stuff loads of videos and photos of him so that that got me going a couple of times you know when you're like looking away thinking just like hold back hold it in hold it in it, it didn't happen though i had a couple of tears rolled down my cheek straight onto my top my welsh top because we weren't they said don't wear a um well you can wear black if you want but wear 
rugby shirts or cycling tops and so nice. a few guys rode in they were in there in their cycling kit yeah me and luke wore our welsh rugby tops because he was big he was big england rugby fan he played rugby when he was younger so oh, i was quality and then the wake it just went off it was like a party um it was a free buy it was all on him it was all on doc and uh it gin, may as well be yeah the gins were flowing and then at the end of the night so i ended up doing a m&m and rihanna rap so it was again yeah because it again. went down so well at her birthday yeah well it, yeah it all started at the wedding didn't it seven years ago then she repeated it <laughs> at uh, the party for 30 second the big three two and then um yeah we were singing like me luke a few of the other guys nathan thomas who's a physio he's a welsh guy we were singing cal on land mm. uh, and then Eve, none of us really knew anything other than the chorus so that was you know a bit <laughs> iffy but i kind of got did it go going. with did you just hum no we were just sort of uh, i don't know what we did actually we'd had a few gins by then and then uh we had a big sing song with like about 50 odd people and then this microphone came out and people started singing and then yeah, me and Sai got sent up by Luke then to do this rap. So <laughs> great way to end the night. Great send off for old Dr. Usher, yeah. Are you and Sai available for all funerals from this point on uh, for Eminem and Rihanna doubleheaders? Mate, funerals, bar mitzvahs, weddings, whatever you want. <laughs> We're there. We're there. And Doc Usher was a special man to you, G, wasn't he? He was the Doc at Sky when you won the tour in 2018. He was. He was just super, super kind. Like there was at one point in time, he was the only guy person that knew that Sar was pregnant. Well, and me, the three of us. I was going to say that's a different sort of story. Sar's little secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, super helpful. He he was always at the end of the phone, no matter the time of day, or whatever. And he was just great to have around at race. You know, he was always just. Um, you could just chat to him about anything, you know, rugby or football, or just to get your mind off it and. He just absolutely loved it as well. Like he's kept so much memorabilia and stuff in his little office in his house in home, and so um, yeah, super bloke. And um, did I say he had MND? So it was MND, and it was just yeah, horrific that disease. So yeah, it was um, yeah, sad, but a great way to um, that's what he wanted, you know, just to have a party and just celebrate his his life. So. That's what I want. I want my funeral to be the same as that because that was epic. <laughs> Who's going to play the Eminem role? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Hopefully, we're well into our eighties and nineties by then. But um, I think that's a father to son baton, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Max can do it with with a partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mother to son. Sars Sars the one holding that holding that torch. That is true. Okay, G, our guest this week is another one from our very happy time a few weeks ago in Monaco. Yes, we managed to grab some time with him a couple of weeks ago in a lovely little wine bar down in Monaco. G, I am delighted to announce that we have got Momentus back on board as a sponsor for Series 3 of the GTCC. Momentus, a little bit like UG, are dedicated to optimising both the mind and body and they're leading the way for high performance seekers at all levels. Right, so for those not familiar with Momentus, G, tell us all about their flagship product. Yeah, so PR lotion is something I've used on my body for years, Tom. It basically delivers bicarb directly to your muscles via your skin and bypasses the gut, which I don't know if you've ever drunk bicarb, Tom, but that's a big plus. 
the best time to use it, I find, is an hour and a half before your workout on Zwift or out on the road or whatever you're doing. And it's not too sticky either. It doesn't get stuck in your hairs if you've forgotten to shave. And it definitely helps me train harder. All of this is true, G. It is actually scientifically proven to improve performance and decrease muscle soreness and helps you make all those training goals. If you want to get your hands on some PR lotion, Momentus are giving GTCC members, that's you listening right now, yes you, 25% off. Give them the code G. Just head over to PRLotion.com and use the code GTCC2022 to get 25% off today. Enjoy. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Right, Tom, now it's time to get one of my neighbours on. And this time it's not a direct teammate, or even a cyclist for that matter. It's another Welshman, though, living down here on the Côte d'Azur, the French Riviera. And I've persuaded him to come and have a brief chat with us at a wine bar. I thought it'd be really nice, but we're sat next to a busy road, music pumping, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. And to be fair, this guy is a bit of a big deal. Back home and over here now, and I think it'll be even bigger if he brings home a World Cup from Qatar. Welcome to the GTCC, Aaron Ramsey. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining, appreciate it. You're obviously busy at the minute, you've just moved down here looking for apartments and it must be pretty stressful, I don't know if it's the right word, but it's a busy time for you, isn't it? New club, new, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, of course, I think, you know, it's never easy to have a change. But, you know, the club are trying to uh, to get me settled in as quickly as possible. Been to see a few more places today, so... Um, yeah, it's been full on. I haven't quite managed to find anywhere yet, but um, hopefully we'll do very soon. And Dave B is your boss, which is kind of strange because I remember him telling me, oh, I've got, Jim's asked me, Jim, who's the big, big boss of Ineos, he's asked me to go to, to Nice to try and help him out. Next thing I know, I've seen a photo of you signing for the club with Dave B sat next to you. I was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Like, yeah, he's been uh, he's been brilliant, to, to be fair. Thrown into the deep end with the football side of things but um yeah he's been uh he's been great obviously and being brought up in wales speaking welsh that definitely helped me as well uh come in so um i don't know if you've seen too much of him lately but uh, he's been in every day at yeah, our club so it's been great for us i haven't seen him for six months Gee, <laughs> <laughs> have you got any tips for aaron on how to deal with dave bearing in mind that he's been your sort of boss for if we for go back to the 17. track days yeah forever yeah 2003 probably i think Oh, actually, the main thing with Dave, if you want to do something, get him to think that his, it's his idea, <laughs> and then the world's your oyster. So that's that's the only problem with me now, trying to make him think that he needs to give me more money. That's, <laughs> but I'm struggling with that one. But yeah, most of the time, like he's he's obsessive though, isn't he? Like I'm sure you've noticed already. Like, and if he gets an idea, he'll just run with it. And uh, but he's passionate, that's for sure. Even when he admittedly even said to me, you know, sod all about football. So he's. I think he is struggling a bit with that. Yeah, I think, you know, what I've had the impression from him is that he, you know, he gives it everything. So he goes, you know, he dives straight into it, trying to take in as much information from all these different people. Uh, he had so many different meetings that he's been telling me about. So, yeah, 
he's thrown himself into the deep end, but you know he's uh, he's got some good people around him as well who's who's helped him. That's one thing with Dave actually thinking about it. You know when you have a baby because you've had well you got one and then had twins after that, which is, must got to be the worst way to do it. At least <laughs> if you have twins first, you know you don't know any different. But you know when so many people give you advice, like and if you listen to everyone, it's like diluted then, or you don't know which way to go, do you? So. I'm sure Dave knows that and he's got a, just a couple of good guys that he speaks to but it must be so hard like even for you like coming here to France like changing clubs all the time different cultures and that how's do you cope well with that or is that, that always a challenge yeah obviously it's a challenge it was a massive challenge for me going to Italy um, obviously being an Arsenal for 11 years and then to go there yeah it was uh, it was an eye opener really and I wanted that I wanted to challenge myself and experience something new didn't quite realise the magnitude of the change it was uh what was the biggest culture shock just being in a in a different environment in a you know people speaking different language not knowing what's going on around you really you know being at a club for so long you know you get comfortable for me then to to experience that i definitely took a few months to get used to that i think that's helped me settling here so quite quickly even though i haven't found a house or anything yet you know you could see some of the players now who um, haven't done that before. They're taking a little bit more time maybe to settle in. There's a great line from one of your predecessors as a Welshman going to play for Juve. So apparently when Ian Rush went over there from Liverpool in the sort of mid-80s, he was asked about life in Turin and he said, oh, it's it's like a different country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good old Rushy. It's like in, in cycling, it's the same thing. Like I've been, for, I've been in the same team for... How long is it now? Tony, Tony, ten. We've been with Sky, so and then now Ineos. But I can see it from the other. You see, like these Colombians coming in, you know, it's completely different culture and not my struggle with the language. And phew, that's got to be the hardest thing, you know, communication and the different cultures blending and being able to communicate on the field as well. Like, yeah, that's massive. I think that's why sports so great as well is that it does bring a lot of different cultures and people together that you know you wouldn't come across elsewhere. So what has made me realize is. From all them years I was at Arsenal and all these, you know, different players coming in from, you know, different nationalities and that, like how actually hard it must be for them not speaking a word of English and things like that. And um, yeah, obviously, if I could go back, I would try and help out a lot yeah. more now, <laughs> knowing what I do now. I don't know if you remember, I actually I met you at the Monaco Grand Prix back in 2014, and because I, I was, I am a Arsenal fan, but a bit more now. Now they're doing even better. <laughs> But I remember, like they just won the FA Cup. Did you did you score the winner as well? Were yeah, you scoring that I think one? so. What what year was that? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, I scored. Yeah, I scored that. Yeah. So yeah, because I was literally, I, I think I was just going to a race. Actually, I was like fully on it, so I wasn't like drinking or anything on sparkling water. And we were in this nice Red Bull hospitality, weren't we? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So my missus was like drinking the wine and all these other people enjoying it, and I was just like, oh man. And then I saw you and uh, Jamie Roberts and Mike Phillips. I think you were. Yeah. With. The Welsh Mafia over down. <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew them a little bit, and I was like, oh my God, it's Aaron Ramsey. And that was the first time we, I was a bit like starstruck almost. And I remember I had a photo with you and stuff, and I was like, fucking hell, Aaron Ramsey. But yeah, it's just kind of weird now just to be uh, sat here sipping wine with motorbikes going past. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that, yeah. That was uh, a long time ago. It was, wasn't it? But, but like, yeah. it goes fast. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Have you done it since? The Grand Prix. Uh, this year, actually, we went to Dave's place. Okay. Have you been to his apartment? No, 
It's right on the finish line, top floor. Ah, nice. So we took our son with us as well. He was only two and a half at the time. We were thinking, shit, this could go either way. <laughs> Luckily, he was well behaved and he, he just loved it. It was a wet one as well. So they had a rolling yeah, yeah. start. They didn't have a proper start, but that was an experience. No, I haven't done it since either. So, I, yeah. But, um, I'd like no, to do it properly with a good yeah. bit of alcohol. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, had a, I had a bit to drink that time. <laughs> no, it was nice, uh, you know, with Jamie and, and Mike obviously coming down here. Getting looked after by them, showing me some of the uh, sights and things like that. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good weekend, enjoyable it, one. There's a nice smile on your on your face as you said some of the sights. So we'll probably <laughs> leave that one there. Um, Gowan will often give us some chat, Aaron, about his football abilities before cycling came along, and also his rugby abilities. But you were a rugby player first, weren't you? Before you were a footballer, did you play on the wing? Yeah, no, I played uh, fly off. Uh, did you? So um, my position. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, know, like, I don't know, like, that was the first, obviously, being Welsh, that's the first thing Course, you learn, yeah. really, is, uh, you know, can you catch a rugby ball? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in all the schools and things like that, football probably count on, on one hand, the amount of games that we played in school and stuff, so, but rugby was every week. So, um, yeah, started off playing that and playing for Caerphilly at a very young age, though I had to make a decision then whether to go with Cardiff or, or to stick with Caerphilly, so... Um, yeah, I think I right, made the right decision in the end. Were you, um, what sort of 10 were you? Were you a sort of classic Welsh running fly half? Were you more sort of damn bigger kicking, controlling the tempo? <laughs> Pick yourself up, mate. <laughs> yeah, Everything. Yeah. Combination of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was my own player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I just love playing rugby. I think um, it's a real togetherness about it, fighting for your mates, for each other, and, you know, that sort of controlled aggression and things. Yeah, it's a it's a great um, it's a great game, and obviously afterwards, then you know, the the um, the camaraderie, you know, in the clubhouse and things like that, is uh, nothing quite like that. So, yeah, I loved rugby. What kind of ten were you? Oh, mate, I I was like a more of a Dan Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know, I could take it to the line. They had to mark me because I was dangerous. So I could get through a gap, but I could also you know, pass, <laughs> kick well. <laughs> I was terrible, mate. I was on the wing, to be fair. Oh, really? I had games where I wouldn't even touch the ball sometimes. I'd just rub a bit of mud on my knees and just <laughs> walk in. <laughs> but I give it a big chat to Tom when it's just me and him and a few cyclists. Like, but I never say I was a good footballer like when I'm actually with a footballer or with a rugby player, you know. But If you had the choice, geez, but let's say it hadn't worked out for cycling, we'll give you a choice here. You can either play for Wales at football, at Aaron, or you can play for Wales at rugby. What are you going for? Oh, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably go rugby. Purely just because I've seen more of those games. But to be fair, I, I think I'm definitely built more for football than rugby. Like, <laughs> look at me. like. <laughs> um, but I think just to represent Wales anyway, I've only ever got to do it three times because I've done comedy games three times and that's it. You know, the rest of the time. Although, you know, I've said before, which is kind of a bit cheesy, but I feel like I'm always representing Wales when I'm racing like in France or wherever. But to wear that Welsh jersey and like, especially when I won in... 14 the commie games like up in Glasgow. Glasgow yeah that was you know to hear the national anthem that's the only ever time I've heard it when I've been wearing a jersey so that was really good actually yeah yeah I couldn't imagine what it's like for you guys like you know some of those games like the anthem like with you boys like you know music goes off and it's just like yeah the I think you know we've come a long long way from where we start first started off you know, we couldn't we had about 10,000 people in the Millennium Stadium at the time which you know that's yeah, it was just a little section on the lower tier you could hear them. Oh, I can't remember the name. 
well them like um vuvuzelas yeah them things going off which just you know <laughs> drive the players crazy <laughs> hearing john toshak shouting on the sideline and echoing around the stadium yeah. and things like that so we've come a long way but now we've built over the years like a really strong connection again with the with the welsh fans and i think that is evident now in the way that you know they sing the national anthem everything's just snowball effect really from that and now you know the way that they're singing Amorahid, I don't know if you've seen the videos from that now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And I think you could f- really feel that togetherness from us, the fans, and the whole of Wales, really. That reminds me, I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about that. So then we was in a little group of four, and then all four of us started doing our own, what we would say. And to be honest, I'm a bit drunk. I can't exactly really remember what, but... Give us a blast. No, I'm not. <laughs> no <laughs> chance. Like some of the stuff we were coming out with, but... Yeah, a lot of swearing and a lot of just like, yeah, that's what it's like in Wales, isn't it? Like, well, I don't know, I'm not from anywhere else, so when they're any different, but it feels like whenever a Welsh athlete or person does well, like everyone gets behind them. Like, uh, but the one benefit from being a, a cyclist is I don't have the armchair critics that you boys are, especially. Oh, I'm good mates with George North, the rope player, and some of the, the stories he can tell me about going shopping and just you know in, in Tesco and being cornered by the frozen chicken or whatever like <laughs> being told for 10 minutes how he should have played better that's that must be hard to deal with yeah i saw george a few weeks back as well i was asking for his autograph as well at the table but um <laughs> it is it is difficult but it's part of the job sometimes you know when you're having some food or something in the like and somebody comes over while you're just about to have a mouthful of pasta or something and you know can I have a picture so they're the bit more difficult things but you know it's part and parcel of it and you know if you can make a little child happy or whatever just by having a little photo or something like that and then obviously you know um, you're going to do that and um, you know it's nice to give back as well but like you said you uh, earlier you know anybody who represents Wales and uh, no matter what they're doing really I think is a very proud nation and they really get behind you know the athletes or whoever's representing the country and yeah that's evident just in I think it's just the type of people that we are really Particularly with that World Cup, I think, because, Geraint, you are probably old enough to remember some of the nearly misses with Wales and World Cups. I'm definitely old enough to remember various playoff heartbreak nightmares for Wales. So I think because, you know, you said you'd rather play rugby for Wales, G, but then you know, we always see Wales at World Cups and under Warren Gatland, we always see Wales doing well at World Cups. But there's something, Aaron, about seeing Wales finally in a World Cup for the first time since, what, 1958? Even though this is a really different World Cup and it's not a summer World Cup and I don't know how many fans will go and it's all squeezed into such a short period, it's still going to be an extraordinary thing, isn't it? Yeah, we'll take whatever World Cup, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, nah, to be fair, like the boys have worked their socks off over the last few years and you know when we first, uh, when Gary Speed first took over, it was his, uh, that was our target to qualify for um, Brazil at the time, I think it was. And... Um, uh, obviously, that was our first target was to qualify for that, and obviously, then uh, what happened happened and things. And then to qualify for uh, for a World Cup now just makes it that even more special. That you know that was all put in place many years ago by him, and that really give us clear vision to go on and and become really successful Welsh team. So yeah, it's made it you know a little bit more special now qualifying for this. I'm going to give you a little quiz here because I know you like your sporting trivia and you like your football. Do you know when Wales were last in the World Cup in 1958? I'm going to give you two parts of this quiz question. How far did they get in the tournament? 
and I'm going to ask you a question which will seem impossible, but go with it. Who scored the goal that knocked Wales out? <laughs> My goodness. It was me. a big player. Yeah, it's easier than you think. Well, I'm going to say... Big nation. They got knocked out. I'm going to have faith. Semis? Quarters? Oh, I should have gone quarters. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, and then... Oh, jeepers. Who John, knocked John him out? Oh, clues. Brazil. Pele did. Yes. 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 17-year-old Pele. Don't know where I pulled that out from. <laughs> I saw that on some sort of... BBC you prepped him before thing. this, didn't you? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Honestly, that was came to me. BBC Wales Today or something must have shown that at some point. But um, I had to do this thing for Wales Today. They're like 60 this year. So they asked me to do a quick, like, oh, happy birthday. So I did it at this Ineos camp thing. Um, so there's loads of background noise. And I was like, oh, happy birthday. Like, I never miss a show. Probably the number one fan. Then all the other videos, it was like Catherine Zeta-Jones one. And she was like... All done up and like nice backdrop. Happy birthday, Wales today. <laughs> deb, deb. I was just like, oh man. Oh. But anyway, this is a cycling podcast. So we were chatting before. You don't. You've, the closest you've got to riding a bike recently was on one of those electric bikes around Monaco. The, <laughs> yeah. the Boris bike style things. Yeah, one of the boys got the app. So um, yeah, got on one of them and yeah, it seemed pretty easy to me, really. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to get on a what bike or anything? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yeah. So we've done some work on what bikes and stuff like that, but I bet on a road now. Like the rugby boys probably pump out some decent watts, I'd say. You know, because on a what bike, it's all... We've got, got a dog fight going on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any dog's bigger than like a couple of inches over there. <laughs> They're all handbag dogs, aren't they? Monaco, there, yeah. yeah. It's like a load of Richie Ports. If Richie Port was a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so what bikes? Like that, That's boring though, isn't it? Yeah. It can't be enjoyable. Yeah, they're tough sessions. You know, you're crawling off the bike after them. Maybe but we should go for a ride then, yeah. Yeah, I've never been on the road though. Never been on the road yeah. with a, on a bike, so. I remember saying to Dave, we'll take you up Madone. He was like, no chance. You're not taking him <laughs> up there. <laughs> coming down the other side. No, to be fair though, I'd love to do it. Love to try. Mm. So when you watch, I don't know if you have watched, but you'll clearly be aware of what Garrett has done in cycling. Sometimes when you, sport, you speak to sports people from different sports, um, they can't quite get their head around what other sports require because it's, yes, it's an elite sport and they're an elite sports person, but it's, it's so different in what it does. So you, if you, Aaron, think about what Garrett has to do at the Tour where he's riding for, what, five hours a day, Garrett, you're riding for pretty much three weeks with a couple of rest days, right? Does that seem, with everything that you've done in football, does that seem possible? Does that seem like a, just a, a ludicrous sport that... If you had the chance, you would never in a million years <laughs> want to do. <laughs> no, it's not something that I would uh, consider doing anytime soon. No, I think, you know, in any profession, really, you can appreciate why athletes, you know, have to put themselves through to reach the top of their, you know, their sport. So, uh, you know, Garen's no different to that. He's been at the top. He's won you know, countless things, many, you know, the top things as well in his profession. So putting Wales on the map, doing us proud and things like that. So, of course, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we can appreciate that, but it's something that, you know, I wouldn't consider doing. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> football going probably work. seems like a walk in the park, does it? Oh, <laughs> I've got big plans when I stop. <laughs> I know the boss at Nice now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up, I'm cheap. <laughs> what position you? Ten, again. Ten? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. In, in the hole? Yeah, mate, just in like, yeah. On the half turn, just feeding players through. Yeah, the ghost they call me. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, looking for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, no chance. The, the good thing about football is that everyone's played football. And well, actually saying that, then everyone thinks, oh, I could have done it if I had the X, Y, and Z. But for me, like, you know, like for we watch snooker and it looks quite easy. 
and then they make it look easy. Then you go to a snooker table, like, holy, like, no chance can I do this. And the same with football, like, you know, <laughs> I just know that there's absolutely no chance I could do any of that. Like, and I was telling you, Aaron, before we came here, me and Tom had this run and obliterated my legs, like, just doing a <laughs> kilometre. Like, so I couldn't imagine sprinting around. And, and it's all that, that, as I've already mentioned, but the whole pressure and side to it as well, like, all the fans. and Like, because you obviously were in Rangers. Did you play in the... Celtic Rangers yeah yeah that, that was that must uh, have been. amazing atmosphere I obviously I went up there and that was one of the things I was really looking forward to playing in um, so I managed to experience that yeah we lost on the day I scored but, so that was like incredible and the noise after that goal went in was just deafening like I haven't quite heard something like that on a pitch before like you couldn't even hear each other shouting for the ball it was Through just home, amazing then. like the, the, it just means so everything to them mm. up there. So to play for them was a, an amazing experience there and one that I'll never forget. It's got to be one of the rowdiest sort of derbies, no? Like, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, a lot of friends that have played in a few of them, and they just said like nothing comes close to it to that for them. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge derby. It means so much to both sets, and um, yeah, buzzing that I had the chance to play in one. I think I think we should um Garrett, we should ask Aaron for a, a derby podium. So you've got North London derby, you've got Turin derby and you've got the Glasgow derby. Where and we, the South Wales derby. And the South <laughs> Wales derby. That's a big one. Yeah. That's huge as well. That's quite That's a nasty so big one. that the kickoff time is 11am. So like I, I've never seen that before really, but in Cardiff Swansea is 11 o'clock kickoff. I'm surprised they even give this kickoff yeah. time. It's just like it's an unknown time. Like. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to play one of them as well. And we won 1-0. Bellamy scored a screamer at the edge of the box. So, yeah, we went there and won 1-0, which was uh, another <laughs> great, great day for us. So what's, what's, what's number one then? What's the... <clears throat> oh, the North London derby's huge. Yeah. Some unbelievable games we had. So, obviously, yeah, that for me is going to be... Uh, number one probably and then the Cardiff yeah. Cardiff one closely follows in the second place that's the one thing I miss actually don't miss wish I'd experienced more is you know you play 90 minutes and that atmosphere in that stadium is so intense and so good for 90 minutes like Alpe d'Huez I guess is probably the closest that we'd get to that in cycling which is the most iconic climb in the tour but yeah it's like when this, the crowd just parts for you as you're racing past and but it's only for up to as 40 minutes and it's it's pretty intense all the way up but yeah to have week in week out a 90 minute game of football like with that intensity and in the crowd that must be yeah that's the one thing I kind of wish that in the velodrome is half decent like in a team pursuit but that's four minutes so and it's not as tribal in cycling is it like oh nowhere were, near there no. were times in when you were riding for sky that some of the French fans weren't particularly enamoured of sky's approach but it's still not like Rangers Celtic it's not Arsenal Spurs yeah to be fair though in cycling the one thing I'd say is like the French hated Sky and Froomey for about two years and there was one point where I was actually scared that someone was just going to whack me because you know in <laughs> well, football at bike. least yeah, yeah yeah in the race like so there's this one climb a steep climb it's always intense there. everyone's real close and we were getting boozed and heckled and the whole tour it was like pantomime like we were kind of the pundits were French and they were giving us a hard time and on the TV saying all the fans hated us and people would turn up just to abuse us we had we thrown on us really yeah 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 and this one stage it was going up Mond some random place in France 
But it was like, like so close, so intense, drunk. And I was just, that was the one time I was like, I need to get in the middle of this group and just, you know, I don't want to be on the edge. Head so down and uh, yeah, like that was, through it. Yeah. At least in football, you know that it's like, they'll never affect the game. Yeah, so I suppose like, obviously, the security and stuff like that is a lot harder to manage in a race like that because you've got a, such a big area to cover. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in football, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, stewards and things like that. Yeah, there's still things thrown onto the pitch now and again and stuff, but generally, you are pretty protected. Mm. Can't beat it though, it's the best part now. Especially when you're going to win. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How is it? So I think both of you have probably been in, in the, this situation, but if you... So, Garrett, you had that period when you were riding for Chris Froome and Chris Froome was the the superstar in that team and he was the target of all the media attention. And, Aaron, you've obviously had that with, with Wales, with Gareth Bale. Does it suit your mentality to have someone who is the focus of all that attention? Is it better for you that you can just go and do all your stuff that you do on the pitch and, and off the pitch? <clears throat> you know, Gareth's an unbelievable player and... Um you know what he's done in the game is just uh, remarkable, really. So, obviously, for him, for us to have him in our team uh, is uh, is great. And but yeah, I think that you know, obviously, all the attention is going to be built up around him and things like that. But we have a lot of good players in our team who are more than capable of you know hurting teams and things. So obviously, when a, an opposition team are putting a full attention to him, maybe chucking two men on him sometimes. We have other players in the team then who are more than capable of, uh, you know, hurting opposition. So sometimes it can actually, you know, help us catch teams off the cuff. But you know, I can't question his ability. You know, his free kicks and things like that. It only gives, it only takes, you know, one moment with him to hit a free kick in from 30 yards and to get us on our way, sort of thing. So, so yeah, we're we're really lucky to have him. Part of that's the reason I won the tour as well. To be fair, like Froome, he was obviously four-time winner. Like the riders obviously respected him, were watching him more, and then you know I, you know, went off and did my thing on you know stage eleven or whatever, and then suddenly I'm in that position, and they were all a bit like, oh, shit, kind of, you know, this guy's actually good as well. Like they obviously knew I was handy, but it's kind of like just subconsciously they you, they were drawn towards Froomey. All the talk was Froomey winning five, which is the record number of tours. So yeah, and then when you exactly that when you've got the other players that can also you know do the job and then that was the good thing with Sky we always had well not always but at least two guys that were capable of winning almost you obviously had one that was better than the other but more chance of winning but I think uh, that was been our strong point for so long with our team but that's what's hard now is when you got the strongest guy in the race isn't in our team and you need to sort of race differently and you miss a few guys and suddenly it's it's hard then it's like you know, cause you, I don't know, purely from a fan now, from a football point of view, you can be a lot worse than another team but still end up winning somehow. Whereas in cycling, it's like, if you're not physically within a certain, you know, 5% of that win, is, it's, it's hard to win, you know. Unless you get a bit of luck or and luck by the stronger guy crashing or getting ill or something, you know. Like, it's hard to go you know, man v man and even if you've got a strong team to beat that one guy, if he's got a good team around him, it's it's tough, like. But that's what's good about sport though, isn't it? At the end of the day anything can happen still, like and it's just How did that happen then? Because obviously I don't know, speaking to Dave a bit about cycling and stuff. See he he was talking about like you have to protect the guy who's 
I don't know, who's in the lead or number one or something. There's a lot more tactics that actually go on. So, like, how is it yeah. like for, obviously, if Froomey then you know, won a few, um, but you want to, you know, challenge and you think you're good enough to actually go on and win the race like and the tour, does it come of time in the team, like, where you're like... Yeah, so it, it all happened on, I think it was the first big mountain stage. I went... Froomey didn't follow. He was expecting the guys to chase me down. They did, or tried to, but couldn't. Then he went on his own, and then a couple of k to go, I saw him coming across. I just went again. So I, I went across to a group, and I just made sure I stayed in front of Froomey, basically, and I was racing him, really, to be honest. Like, But, but like, is there, are you under instructions from the team, or are you just like, no, I'm doing my own thing? There's a general plan, but at the end of the day, it's like the riders sort of do what they think is best at the time as well, and Froomey was still able or allowed to attack. He didn't have to commit himself to me until literally the very end. There was like two days left. And well, I'm always going to say it should have happened a bit sooner. But, you know, Froomey's like, that's the hard part in cycling. It's an individual sport and a team sport rolled in one almost. So, and he was, as I say, he was going after his fifth win. He'd won four, you know, he just wanted to win. So he wanted the opportunity to at least try and attack. So, but it's luckily me and Froomey got on and it didn't affect our relationship. Whereas Brad and Froomey is a completely different story. Like I don't know if you heard much about it, but like Yeah, it was so awkward at times. Like at the dinner table you'd just be sat there and like if both of them come down in a, in an atmosphere would just like change drastically and just be like at one training camp no oh, team camp, start of the year, Dave it was after the fallout in twenty twelve tour. 2013 first big get together in Mallorca gets Brad down to the front gets Froomey down to the front and I was just sat there thinking oh no please no this is just going to be cringe and then he, he got them to shake hands they wrote oh I had to sign something on the board like their commitment to the team and each other and stuff and you know he just sat there thinking when you know them both as well you're like this is just oh all for show but it's like that's it must be kind of similar in football if you've got well I don't know really but a lot of egos, a lot of people that want, and if someone's out of the team, and that's got to be hard as well. Yeah, of course, I think that comes into it. But football's a team team game as well, isn't it? So you, you know, in you can't win a you can't win a game on your own. So inevitably, you need your teammates around you. But um, if someone takes your spot next week, you're gonna yeah, like go for obviously, or something, aren't you? <laughs> not to that extent. But yeah, yeah, you might change uh, your boots to studs the next week. But, uh, <laughs> no, I think. I think it's just it's just part of it really you you might try you just gotta you know try to get back into the team and obviously um you don't wish any harm or any you know for them to mm. you know have a bad game or anything but ultimately he's in your place or wherever so you want to get back into that team as quickly as possible but also you want the team to be winning games and because uh that's a reflection on how you're performing yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh yeah, it's a it's a fine balance, but one that I think football players learn to probably deal with or get on with a lot better. Mm. Last thing I want to say about Dave, actually, <laughs> little story from like <laughs> when was it now? Was it Euros? Were England in the Euros? Like, yeah, they they got to the final and Italy beat them in pens. Yeah, yeah. So must have been semis. We all know 
anyone play in England, you support the other team, right? <laughs> Generally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all saw that. There's some video was leaked about you boys, actually, weren't there? Yeah. There anyway, <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> but Dave, um, something happened. I can't remember what happened in the game, but basically England scored. We were on this kitchen truck watching. Dave B stands up. Bruh! And I was like, I just looked at him. I was like, what the? F- what? <laughs> Dave, have you been drinking or what? Like, what's... And he's like, oh, no, no, we're all British, aren't we? And he obviously knows Gareth Southgate. Like, at that time, he was fully cycling, but he knew a load of the managers, and he was, like, good mates with him and stuff. And I was like, Dave, I, can't, I just can't believe that. I, 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 you've, you've gone down in my estimations now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get to the final, and it was in the rest day. It was on – we had a rest day the next day in the tour. So yeah, we're all in the sun, bar. The finals on a Sunday, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, a load of Brits, a couple of Italians – or English, sorry, a couple of Italians and me and Dave. And the penalties were so good. Like, <laughs> actually, there wasn't many Italians, but I, every time Italy scores, getting up, yeah, you're a disgrace. And then the bus driver, who was English, come over every time England scored, like in my face, like ah, that was so good. I was, I'd say that's close to when I won the tour, actually, <laughs> <laughs> in, in that bar at that point. Uh, oh, it was quality, but yeah. Dave definitely wouldn't have been celebrating if he was still up in North Wales like that. That's no, sure. that's exactly what I said. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the things about football, though. I think Aaron, isn't it? I think certainly as you get older, you realise that you take a lot of your footballing pleasures from the failures of the teams that you don't like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, obviously, going back to them celebrations, like that was in 2016, and we were just like, you know, we were just enjoying every single moment of that, and obviously, winning games helps and progressing through the tournament. And we like. What the hell are we actually doing here? Yeah. We're in the quarterfinals, <laughs> we're in the semi-finals, but like we were just embracing every single moment, and the boys gone so so well like throughout the whole tournament, and we were just like doing silly things like that, and then obviously one of the videos got released. I think yeah, England got knocked out by Iceland, didn't they? And we're all doing the Icelandic <laughs> clap after, <laughs> after the game, but um, yeah, it wasn't you know, uh, it was just all or banter and a bit of like camaraderie between the players and things like that so yeah it was just one of them experiences that you know you didn't want to end really well as the song goes yeah. oh, i had that song in my head it was during the tour as well that was most stages were don't take me and i was like <laughs> jesus man i need to like guess something up my head like i think that game against belgium was just before you started the tour that year it might was have it- been but there was definitely something i remember being in my bed like and Wales scoring and being like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the windows open and the guys in the car park are like shouting something to me in some foreign language. Like, blah, blah, blah. So, ah. But yeah, great though, isn't it? That game against Belgium, Aaron, like it's, there seemed from the outside just almost to be this dizzy joy about you guys as you went through that tournament. And even in that game, because obviously that is a famously golden generation of, of Belgian footballers, people seem to be assuming that that game was only going to go one way. So as it progressed and you guys were outperforming that Belgian team, what's it like on the pitch at that point? Oh, it was mental. Oh, we've got to know Belgium pretty well over the last few years. We've played them so many times. But, um, yeah, I think they hate playing us, to be fair. But, um, obviously, we started the game a bit nervy, a bit edgy. They scored a screamer. But that goal actually helped settle us all down. Did it? And after that, we were like, we more than held our ground and played some really good stuff that day and then you're thinking on the pitch actually we are playing like one of the favorites of the tournament here and then we get back into it then we take the lead and then we score and then it's just like we're in the semi-finals wales first tournament we've qualified for 
we're going to the semi-finals like this is easy <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it was just it was just an amazing amazing you know six seven eight weeks whatever it was together just like made seven a good time really and uh enjoying every moment as it come that's such a powerful thing isn't it if you if you can do that in elite sport where you're not thinking about the negatives you're not thinking about what happens if we lose you're just a bunch of mates enjoying every second of what you're doing yeah of course like we lost to england like obviously it was a big circus around that um but yeah we 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 um took the lead in that game and then obviously i think 85th minute they got an equalizer and then the 92nd minute they scored a winner and we were absolutely gutted obviously we were we wanted to try and get a result against them that's is that proves my point earlier when there's a team that's definitely as w <laughs> not as good as the other one that ends up winning flukes it <laughs> point proven there isn't it <laughs> yeah and you know gary never running down the line and fuck yeah <laughs> but after that like the final whistle come Obviously, all the fans were gutted and stuff like that, and they all like heads in hand and stuff. But then, like, just summed up what we had, like Chris Gunder going around, like telling them all to lift their chins up, and then all of a sudden, like, there was, like, oh yeah, actually, guys, we're like we're finally here in you know in the European Championship final. Um, we're in such a we won our first game. We're still in a great place to uh, to qualify. So let's just enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, we just lost to England, which never nice, but we've got like we've got a lot more things that we can achieve in this tournament. So like as soon as we got into the dressing room then, manager said, Right guys, that's it, I don't want you to uh think about what happened now. And then the music was back on, players were joking again, and then we just, you know, focusing on the next match. Um and all of our attention went to that against Russia and you know, we put on a bit of a show against Russia then to to top the group. Well, I for one can't wait for November either now. So especially with England in the group, that's going to be epic. So, but the weird thing is, luck, as man. an Englishman, you sort of just that that is a game that you're slightly fearful of because you know that it, everyone will be right. sent. <laughs> you, know, you know that everyone, some people will assume that England should win it. So therefore, it's almost the reverse of what we talked about. It's you start thinking about the negatives. What happens if England lose? We'll see, we'll see, mate. But uh, yeah, England's the the last match, so there's uh, there's a lot of football to be played before that game comes that around. It's a tough group as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough group. Obviously, a USA in there with some um, really good players playing at the highest level around Europe. Iran, I don't know too much about them, but you know, like it could be a surprise package or whatever. So, and then obviously you got England in the last match, but. Um, it's important to get, you know, in these tournaments to get momentum going um, and to get a result in the first game. So it's going to be huge for us. Cycling's Garrett has got this this rich history and a lot of riders love the history of it and the, the the great riders who've won different races and how races began. Aaron, are you one of these footballers who cares about what happened in the past? Like, do you care about 1958 and all those great players? Like there's John Charles who obviously went to Juve as well and you've got... Um, Cliff Jones and you know these are legends in Welsh sport aren't they yeah I couldn't tell you too much about that tournament though. that was way <laughs> before my time but um, no of course yeah you know how hard it is to qualify for a for a World Cup history suggests that for like for Wales who has populate you know three million people it's difficult to to qualify for major tournaments um, and people have been waiting a long long time for this so for us to finally achieve that 
you know, you've heard the stories and things like that about the past. But um, yeah, this time to qualify and to qualify, you know, the right way, shall I say? Because back then, I don't know if they had a little, they had a little buy through or something to to get in. But to do all of that and to have the opportunity to represent Wales at the highest level, you know, we're we're playing in the World Cup here, so it's just amazing and a, a dream come true, really. Like I'm not sure many people would have would have said, you know, 10, 15 years ago when we first started and we couldn't fill a stadium far from that and we are 120th in the world rankings or whatever ah you'll qualify for a world cup and two or three you know two year nobody would have ever believed that so you know full credit to the boys and the staff and everything we've uh we've done um remarkably well Garrett, have you got a bucket hat yet uh no i've got one from the tour it's not an obviously a welsh one but it's a polka dot one it's halfway there I can get Max to paint it. He's well into his painting, but he's mixing up the colours and it really annoys me. Like Max, you got to keep the red, red, and the blue, blue. And he's just like mixing them all in. And I know I'm going off on, but we built this little rocket thing, and he had to paint it. And he's just putting all the colours on, and just like I'm quite like OCD when it comes to like painting a rocket. <laughs> but um, yeah, what was the original question? Oh, bucket, bucket hat. No, yeah, no, I don't. But I'll try and get one. Yeah. And uh, where will you be, Garrett, when the World Cup is going on? Will you be at home in Monaco? Are you a good watcher of Wales? Yeah, I'll be here. It's still sort of, you know, I'll be fully training, but you can still have a few drinks and that. So I'm sure we'll all be, go to a bar down here and watch it somewhere. With plenty of English around, hopefully, <laughs> with the right result. <laughs> Could be epic. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but cheers. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, oh, it's been yeah. brilliant. Thank you, guys. Really enjoyed it. Tom, we've got a new sponsor for season three and I think we're all going to benefit from this one. Yeah, we know how much you all love coffee, especially on a bike ride. So we've only gone and partnered up with Origin Coffee. Not only that, but we've got you a very chunky discount too. Not a bad start to the season from our chairperson. Yeah, gee, I'm on it from the word go, you know that. A little bit about Origin Coffee then. So they're pioneers in sourcing and roasting some of the highest quality specialty coffee on the market today. In fact, they launch a new coffee every week. Right, so how are we getting our hands on this to taste then, G? Well, I've already done that for you. I've tried Resolute. I would describe it as chocolate, stone fruit, bit of caramel. Have you just read that off the label? Yeah. But I did choose it because it's no nonsense. It's just a classic proper coffee, you know? If you want to try Origin Coffee, just like G, you can get 30% off all coffee and pods by going to origincoffee.co.uk and using the code GTCC30 at checkout. All online orders are roasted and shipped the same day and they have a rewards program so customers can earn points and get cash back every time they shop online. That's code GTCC30 at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy. Tom, Zwift are back for their third season sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue. Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. 
And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So Chairman Tom, what have you been trying this week? This week, G, I want to tell you all about Zwift's pro training camps. They're kicking off at the end of November and running all the way through December. Perfect for some winter and pre-Christmas training. Now, these aren't training camps for pros. They're for training like a pro. Basically, me trying out what you do in training. But listen, don't be intimidated, anyone. The difficulty, as always with Zwift, is scaled to each individual's own fitness via their FTP. Yeah, I've actually got my own workout on there as well, Tom. You just need to head over to the workout library and ride the sessions at any time on your own or even as a group workout. Maybe next year you'll give me a bit more of a challenge up the Madone then. I'm coming for you, G. I've also heard that recent guest Michael Matthews has one though, so maybe I'll have a go at his instead. If any of our GTCC members fancy trying out pro training camps, then just sign up from the 14th of November and start the workouts from the 21st of November. Let me know which ones you're going to have a go at. Enjoy. Right, Tom, it's time for any other business. And now we're a few episodes into season three. I think it's time. We've got to start talking about merch. Yeah, big time. And we would like to hear from you, all our fellow GTCC members. So here's the plan. Get in touch and let us know what merch you would like us to do for season three. So little reminder, we have hoodies, we've got T-shirts, we've got bead-on socks and the beautiful jerseys and bib short combos. Here's what I'm thinking, G, that people fancy some, maybe some updated colours of what we do, some more racing gear. We've had some suggestions on some of the GTCC weekly group rides. Espresso coffee cups was a big one. Caps was another popular one. So let us know. We will aim to deliver. G, we could even do a cheeky G gilet. <laughs> well, yeah, I was expecting that one. I think we've got to have a gilet, haven't we? It's got to be. Um, I like the coffee cups, though. A few espresso cups or mugs or something. And I'm sure somebody... I don't know if you told me this, Tom, or I read it somewhere, but somebody was on about, you know, you get baby on board signs in your car. You can have something about GTCC pod listening to that type thing. Sounds like the seed of an idea rather than the final idea, but maybe our listeners can finesse that. Exactly, yeah. There's no bad ideas here, Tom. It's just, I'm just (laughs) kickstarting something, something completely different. It obviously wasn't you that told me then. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> it is a great shout though. So yeah, let us know in all the usual places what you fancy and we'll try to make it happen. Okay, let's have some questions for you, Garrett, from our members. Stephen says, racing or training, which one do you enjoy most? Definitely the racing. You know, training is fun. Um, well, sometimes when you're sort of going off adventuring and new roads and stuff. Some of the training efforts aren't that fun. But yeah, you do it all because of the racing. You know, being in there with the boys and you've got your plan and you're trying to execute that and the adrenaline rush and everything, it's all about the racing, yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Question from Matt. Um, I would guess Matt is from the north of England because his question is, gravy on chips, yes or no? Oh, yes. But when there's the option, I rarely get the option, to be honest, unless you're... Because last time I went out clubbing, Tom, was a long time ago. And you were stumbling home and stopping off at a um, kebab shop or a chippy. Chip alley. Yeah, so I haven't really done that for for ages. So, oh, gravy and chips is lovely, though. 
still salt and vinegar as well though, right? If you're having G a classic Cardiff curry, are you chips, rice or half and half? Oh, half and half for sure. You gotta have some chips. It's the in best there. of both worlds, isn't it? You, yeah. don't, you don't miss out at all. And when you're having a curry, you just gotta order everything, haven't you? You've got to order at least yeah. three starters and you just gotta order way too much food. So there's leftovers like the next day and everything. And just like yeah. Couple of naans, peshwari, everything, garlic naan, normal naan, you know, all the sides, bhajis. What's that? Is it that that potato, the Bombay potato things? Yeah, a bit of sagaloo as well. Sagaloo and yeah, all that jazz. Get it all down me. There you go, Matt. You got more than you bargained for there, didn't you? And a question from Chris Green, who says, any chance of team transfers being a pod topic? Interesting. Yes. For sure we could do that, can we? We could maybe get an agent on and get him to... Yeah, that's a great shout. See how they flick riders and make a load of money for themselves. <laughs> if you are an agent, listen to this. Um, G doesn't mean what he says. Please come on the pod and tell us all about team transfers. <laughs> yeah, no, good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because obviously, especially these, these days, they seem to be even more of a bigger deal almost, don't they? Like, there's been some mid-season transfers and all this. And yeah, we'll have to get Rowan Dennis on for a brief five minutes some of his transfers <laughs> would be yeah but um i think we need some help don't we because there's a certain irony in doing an episode about team transfers starring a man who has spent his entire career with one team <laughs> yeah that's because i know they're not worth it but no yeah no quality let's do it okay we shall leave this week's episode here gee i wish you and the rest of wales the best of luck for your first world cup adventure in a very long time and I know you feel exactly the same way about England uh, not at all as long as English finish bottom of the group I'm happy but no yeah I'm looking forward to it catch you next week see you next time that was the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club thanks to club secretary Louise Gwilliam heads of music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher head of social Archie Biltcliffe and our honorary president Mike Carr but most of all thanks to you for listening We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.